Welcome to Pure Russell Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando. And this is part two of our Bolo Christmas gifts. That's right. And we're so glad that you're still with us. You're still watching the second part. There were some great Bolos in that first part, right? There were. Now, we do have a couple of repeat. We joked about that. But you know what? Maybe there's a little bit of a you know twist to some of them. So, by the way, Bolos, right, are still relevant. The ones that we That's just right. saw. So, check them out. And as we said in the last episode, Always do your research because we got to be real. Got to be real and relevant. And reselling. So have a great holiday. Peace. Late. Episode 56. All right. Hey, we got to do some bolos here. Bolo. Bolos. All right. So what? I got my bolo right here on this on this paper right here. So what is your bolo? Sorry, read mine. So uh, we recently had a holiday here in the States. Okay. Uh, known as Independence Day. Okay. Uh, some people call it Fourth of July, um, and it's interesting because just a couple of days ago, um, right after that, I sold an item that I've had for a little while um, for full price, and I was kind of like, it, it took me a second to put two and two together of why it sold, but I had a patriotic, I guess, like a history-based board game. And it was all about like the founding of America. Okay. Right. And it just got me thinking, like, oh, of course that would sell on Fourth of July, right? Like, this is like if it sold any other time of the year, I'd kind of be like, hmm, I wonder, wonder who bought this, right? But I didn't even think about that when I bought it. I wasn't like, this is gonna sell Fourth of July. I just thought, like, oh, it's got some decent comps. Yeah. So my bolo is I never think about Fourth of July. I never think of Independence Day. I never think of like the holidays that aren't, you know, Christmas or maybe Halloween when you're outsourcing, but there are a lot of big days that people celebrate throughout the year. Different yeah. cultures have different true, true. days. Different. So just to think like when you're sourcing, I guess just the bolo is think of holidays, right? And I don't know of any, like off the top of my head besides- you No, know, you always get on my case about generic bolos. I, I do, but this one, okay, so the, the exact bolo is look out for patriotic board games <laughs> near 4th of July. There you go. That is with the most specific bolo I think we've ever had. <laughs> I think you, you win. Hey, you wanted, you didn't there want you generic. So. There you go. But yeah, you never know, right? Like there's 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 a lot of holidays. I mean, obviously, I, I've bought some, some Easter decorations and things like that. No, I agree. There are some Christmas board games, and I don't want to kill the market because it's still a nice bolo. It's a retail one, but... There are some board games that sell very well around Christmas because it's they're a Christmas themed board game. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Okay, that's a good bolo. Can't yeah. diss you on that one. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. So there you go. So maybe maybe even think of that. Like, just, that just got me thinking of like, okay, what are the other patriotic type items that would sell near Fourth of July or you know Memorial Day or those days where people are are celebrating those things? So you know, is that the time to maybe buy, you know? Uh, if you can find full flag suits, right? I don't know. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. the things that wouldn't, you might not normally pick up and go, wait a minute, there's a time of the year where this is a thing. It's good. Bolo. I'm a little concerned about mine now because mine is kind of <laughs> generic. generic. Yeah. Well, so sometimes I provide generic because it's helpful to the generic. Sometimes I provide generic because I don't have all the answers. So for instance, Mine is, and I've shared this, I think this was like our first bolo ever I shared on the podcast was unique sport-themed items. Remember sharing that? You've shared this one a few times. Okay, but 
because it continues to be true in different venues. Okay. So what I will say is do your research, first of all, but unique sport themed items, even if they are worn or damaged, possibly. So I'll give you an example. So sometimes what I've sold lately, I've been able to sell like these sports themed like leather jackets, like let's say from the 80s and 90s. And they're not like starter. They're not like these big name brands, but they're kind of cool looking. They're kind of unique. And again, I, I'm not a fan of just like, hey, something looks cool. Pick it up. But what I've done is I research comps and sometimes I'll find comps. But what I end up finding out is that people will buy these items and they'll pay top dollar. Not because of the brand, but because it's a special memory to that individual, right? So I'll give you an example of two of them. I sold the New York Giants faux leather jacket. Uh, this was like a few months ago. It wasn't starter. It wasn't like, it wasn't any kind of name brand. And I paid $10 for it. And there was all kinds of marks on it. But it looked like from the 70s. And I paid 10 and I sold it for $100. I sold the Buffalo Bills one. Same thing, not name brand. It was leather. It's in bills really in big big letters in the back. And same thing. I think I sold that one for like 120 or something. I recently sold the Pittsburgh Penguins one in the middle of the summer. I did pay up for it. I paid $35 for it. The, the sleeves, the elastic was all stained. I had to do some cleanup because in the back they had the big Penguins logo and there's junk on it. So I got a sanitizing wipe. That's, I guess, a bolo tip. And uh, I removed, I was able to remove a ton of it. And I sold that within a week. I paid 35 and I sold it for 140 plus shipping. Right. And right. don't don't sleep on like the minor league stuff too. Oh no, minor league stuff sells because yeah. it's harder to get. Yeah, I found I found a Under Armour minor league like shirt. And it was like, like a decorative shirt. It wasn't even like a workout shirt for, I don't remember the state or the city. But the the baseball team, the minor league baseball team, was like the biscuits, <laughs> Montgomery. Yeah, it's the Montgomery yeah, yeah. biscuits, nice. right? And like I feel like you got to say it like that, like biscuits, biscuits, right? Okay. And I was like, this thing is never gonna sell. And like after a week of having it up, it sold fast, right? So now I'm like, huh, minor league. No, I sell minor league stuff all the time. It I, that's another bolo. I think we shared that bolo too. Probably. I don't know. Eventually, we're going to be recycling bolos. Well, I hope that's not the case because there's always different stuff. Always. Episode 63. All right. What do you got? Okay. So this one's kind of interesting. So I still don't think I brought one in the room. I'll have to bring one sometime in case you haven't seen it. So um, my area where I live is one of the first areas that got Amazon Fresh, right? And if you don't know, Amazon Fresh is a delivery service for food. And it was great because they were one of the first ones to do it. And they kind of actually made all of the other, you know, places around here have to start doing free delivery and stuff like that. But um, if you signed up for it, which I think it was like, it wasn't too expensive as like $15 each delivery or like you paid $50 a month. I don't remember what the price was. You can get these deliveries and it was all the food. You ordered it on Amazon. When they first started the program, they came in these bags that were amazing. They're like these canvas green bags that fold up really, really small, like flat. And then you can open them up and like a cardboard piece goes down in the bottom and they're really sturdy and they have sturdy handles. And man, you those things could carry like they'd shove milk and soda cans. So it'd be like a 50 pound bag and that bag can handle it. 
right? Really nice. Looks like a box kind of square bag. So like IKEA bags, but better. Oh yeah, IKEA bags are like flimsy. Like these things are sturdy okay, all the way okay, around. It's like, okay. it's like imagine like carrying a box, <clears throat> okay, but with okay. handles. And it's covered in canvas, so there's no cardboard. It's weatherproof. Like it can be rained on. It's got flaps that fold down and Velcro. <laughs> that is intense. That, I've it, never seen these bags, but uh, I'll have to show you. We used we used a bunch of them for our move. So, anyways, when they would come, they would come with a little thing that's like, if you would like to return this bag on your next delivery, leave it outside, and we'll collect them when you, we drop off the next ones. It wasn't mandatory though. They didn't force you to, to drop off bags. Like you could keep some, you could return some. I mean, it was they were Amazon branded, so people who were using them were advertising for Amazon. Anyways, I used to tell my wife, like, these are really nice bags. Like, we should keep a few. And she was, she's kind of a minimalist already. She's not very sentimental about things, doesn't like collecting things. So she's like, no, we don't need these bags. So I'd occasionally, every delivery or two, I'd keep one bag and sh shove it away in a corner. Like, I need this bag, right? So I had like 10 of them saved up and it, we used them for the move. And I was like, you know what? I wonder if I could buy more of these bags because I finally convinced her how great they were. We look them up on eBay and they're selling for like $30 to $40 a piece. Really? That is because, interesting. Because Amazon Fresh. Amazon bags on eBay. Yeah. Because Amazon <clears throat> Fresh stopped using those bags like six months into the program. Then they went to like a, a, a brown paper bag type bag. Okay. Okay. They switched. And as soon as they switched, I was like, oh no, like we'll never get those green bags again. But I assumed they, they've got to be on eBay for pretty cheap, five bucks a bag. No. They're like $30 a bag. And I'm like, oh man, we should have kept them because we had so many deliveries come through Amazon. I don't know what all the ethics are on, on keeping all those, but it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like a blockbuster where like you had to return it before you got the next ones. It was like, yeah. if you would like to return these bags. So that is anyways, an interesting bolo. Yeah. So That's uh, a good bolo. the reason I say it's a bolo is you might already have some sitting around your house. If you had Amazon fresh and you had those green bags or you never know, like if you're out and about at a garage sale and you see somebody's using one for something, you can potentially offer to buy a bunch of those Amazon bags. So. You never know. You'll never know if you find them. They 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 sell for quite a bit of money. And if you don't want to sell them, which my wife's like, we need to list ours. I'm like, uh-uh, these are too nice. <laughs> okay, so Mike's going to hoard these Amazon bags. Yeah, but they're a functional thing, right? It would oh. be like making you sell your like your, uh, your rack system in your, in your Okay, inventory. I get it. Yeah, because most of the stuff I have isn't functional. It's just stuff I like. Yeah. Okay, which I need to sell. All right. So my bolo, and I want to go back to Christmas stuff just because right now, to me, is going to be the beginning of Christmas items really selling. I mean, they actually start selling in July, but you're going to see more of it in this episode is dropping on July 31st, right? That's right. So, you know, before August, I'm glad I know my months. You you could just say it's dropping today because when they that is true. To it, that it, is true. It is already okay. July 31st. So we always talk about Department 56, but there's two brands we have not talked about. And one of them is Fitz and Floyd. And you got to be careful with Fitz and Floyd. You got to do the research. But there's some stuff that's money out there. So, uh, and, and the reason I say this, I haven't found Fitz and Floyd in a long time. So if things are harder to find, chances are they may be worth more. So I remember selling some nutcrackers that I paid $10 for two, three years ago from Fitz and Floyd. And I sold them for like $175 a piece. Right? It's found on my garage sale. Right? And I've sold like trays and I've, I've sold a bunch of stuff. So keep an eye, but make sure, like with everything, to do the research. It's not like Department 56. Department 56, there are some pieces that aren't worth a lot, but for the most part, most of it, you're going to make your money on, right? Fitz and Floyd, it's a little different. It all depends on what you pick up, depends on you, depends what the color is, the design, you know, the uniqueness about it. The other one is Christopher Radko. Have you ever heard of that brand? I haven't. 
So they make Christmas ornaments. And I just picked them up at an estate sale for $5 a piece. It was one of those estate sales. Like, you know, the best ones are when nothing is priced. Then you know you can work out you a deal, really right? Do some wheeling and dealing. Yeah, so I walked out with some Fitz and Floyd. I walked out with some Radco stuff, and I paid like I think fifteen dollars, and I'm probably gonna make you know 150 on everything. So it wasn't bad, but uh, keeping out for Radco stuff, it's you know it looks it's pretty easy. It's gonna say Radco, okay? So now the ornament itself should you know on the bottom say it kind of like with Fitz and Floyd, but. You know, sometimes they don't if they're older, you know, but I've sold like all kinds of ornaments. It's just been so long and thrift stores do not have these items. And I don't know why, at least in San Diego, could be because they're selling, sending them to auction. It could be because maybe people in the area aren't, you know, donating those items. But, you know, I find that most of those items, the Radco and the Fitz and Floyd stuff, I find at garage sales. So that's the bolo. That's good. Episode 67. That's another one. All right. Bolos. What's your bolo, Mike? Bolo. I feel like this is the Disney themed episode, but I'm gonna I'm using Disney as an example, but it's not the specific bolo. So uh, we've talked a lot about books as being something that's like a good way of getting into Amazon. Um, one of the things that's challenging when it comes to eBay with books is when you go to garage sales, you don't always find like the really good textbooks, right? But there's mm-hmm. always so many books. My bolo is don't sleep on or don't pass up big book sets, right? Okay. So if it's a one-off book, if it's just a bunch of kids' books or a bunch of romance books or a bunch of young adult books or whatever it is, and they're just one-offs, you're probably not even worth looking at them, right? But if you can see like, oh, wow, they've got like 20 or 30 books that are all like bound the same and kind of together in a clump. I have every time that I've kind of looked at a, at a group of books like that and I've picked it up, I've made a lot of money. An example is I picked up a set of, I want to say it was like 30, it was close to that, of Disney bound, like hard, um, I don't even know, know, know what you'd call them. But anyways, they're like paper books, but the, the board books for the outside, okay, little kid books. And it was a set of like 30 of them. And I think I only paid like four or five dollars. And I just sold it for over $50, okay. right? And media mail is so cheap when you're selling a big set like that, right? So if you're at a, a, a place and you see maybe don't ever pick up just one Twilight, right? Or just one Game Twilight. of Thrones or just one. Is there any value in Twilight anymore? No. Or was there ever? I don't know. Probably okay. not. But if you see a set, right? Like a single Harry Potter book might not be worth it unless you're like collecting sets. But if you see a set, the entire thing complete, that is a bolo. I passed on a Harry Potter set today at the seat too. Did you? I mean, I, I honestly don't know whether or not Harry no, Potter's no. doing good, but I, now that I think about it, I probably should have picked it up. Yeah. I mean, sets, sets do well. Like people want to be able to buy all of them at one time and be able to get knowing that the, all the bindings, because when you buy on Amazon, yeah, you can get cheaper, but sometimes you're not guaranteed to get like the exact same type of binding, right? Like it's true. you get one paperback and then the next paperback is like a slightly different publisher done a little differently. And then on the shelf, it doesn't look as good. Right. And kid books are a great example, right? So if it's, you know, preschool books or, you know, the old, you know, teaching kids to read, if it's a set of like 10, 20, 30 of them, maybe it's a set of like Nancy Drew books or Hardy boys or something like that. It's worth looking at and seeing what they go for in a lot, right? What is a lot of, 
30 or 40 Hardy Boys book go for as opposed to oh, the Hardy one-offs. Boys books go for yep. money, I think. Yep. So that's a good bolo because those are the ones that people pass over all yep. the time. Because you're just so used to books not not being it, right? Unless it's like, oh, that's a textbook. But if you see a bunch of them together, bound together, take a look. Look it up. It's worth the time. Okay. So speaking of Disney, we I think this is like a Disney themed episode. Yeah. We should we should we should title it something about Disney. So today at the state sale, and this happened in the last few weeks, anything that's Disney collab, it's worth a second look. Right? So for example, today I picked up a bunch of Disney John Deere figurines. Right? So if they were just Disney, if it was just Mickey on a tractor, wouldn't it be worth as much. But if it's Mickey on a John Deere tractor and it says John Deere, it's worth more. I had I had a relative, um, they were more country, I guess the best way to okay. describe them. And he asked their little kid, there was like a toddler, what's your favorite color? John Deere green? Wow, like very specific. Anyways, I just thought about yeah. that when he said John. That was good. Now we're telling color. jokes on John Deere green. All right. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. So other like Disney and Vans. If you ever see Vans shoes that are Disney, they're money. I'm, I mean, I've sold, I remember I sold a pair of Jungle Book Vans that were they were dirty and I paid $6 and I sold them for 50 bucks. I've sold, you know, ones that had all the, uh, the wicked, like witches, Ursula and, and all that, you know, those sell for right now you can, I think they're on eBay, the Vans ones for like 80 to a hundred bucks. Right. So keep an eye Disney and rain spooner. That's a given. I have you ever come across a Disney rain spooner? I have not. I, I rarely come across rain spooner. So, so those are, those are money. Now, some are more money than others. Uh, I forget what the uh, the guy the guy that's behind Pixar, but he, he was a big collector of these. And so his, I remember at one time those shirts. If you got one that was let's say Wreck It Ralph, or if it was you know I don't know Ratatouille, whatever not Ratatouille, Ratatouille made some money, but you know some of the like cars, the Disney Cars Hawaiian shirt, that's Rain Spooner. Those are money. So look for those Disney collabs. Not all of them are money, but they're worth taking the time to research because you never know what you have in front of you. That's good. So, so that's my bolo. I like it. Episode 71. All right. What's your bolo? This is a terrible one. I got a bad bolo. Why? How can you share a terrible polo bolo? Well, like bolos, <laughs> we're trying to help people make money. No, so. but I think it does work. But like, this is like specific, like, all right, you'll just see. Okay. All right. And one of the reasons we do bolos, by the way, is because you can know a lot about your area. But it's really important to like learn from other people. Like I learned from your bolos. People will send in their hustles of the week mm-hmm. or their bolos. And it really helps. It really helps the community out. And it kind of reminds me of a, a quote by Woodrow Wilson that came up in uh, our four hour work week. Uh, and so the quote is this. I not only use all the brains that I have, but all that I can borrow. I wonder if he ever even said that. I mean, it, was, it has a name attached to it. Obviously, he said it. Okay, please expound. But anyways, yeah, I mean, that's kind of what we're doing with the bolos, right? Is, okay. is you know some things, use everything you know, but borrow from other people too. Well, yeah, well, that's just why we do the podcast. That's why we're on social media. Yeah, which is why I'm doing the quote, man. Okay, okay, okay. I, all right, all right, I got it, I got Jeez. it. Okay, you what's your bolo? Me so hard. All what's right. the bolo? So you might remember that several months ago, my hustle of the week and even when I said it, I was like, I know that this is kind of iffy. Was a whole bunch of Lulu Row stuff. Oh, yeah. Because was it your hustle of the week? 
It was a hustle of the week. Ooh. Well, and here's why. I know, I mean, anybody who followed the Lululemon thing, like it had a huge spike and then it fell off, right? Like total pyramid scheme. And the sad thing was, is a lot of people got into it. In fact, my wife and I, several years ago, we saw like this thing being a thing and it was like, oh, how much does it cost to get in? And like, these are like, it was really popular. Like people were selling it like crazy on Facebook, Instagram. People couldn't keep stuff in stock. And she was explaining it to me. And I'm like, look, I just don't feel comfortable. Like I'm totally okay with us starting a, a business. And we talked about it and she's like, yeah, this probably isn't right for us, but it was expensive. It was close to tens of thousands of dollars to like really get enough supplies and to start your own thing. But a lot of people got into it and I was at a garage sale and there was a person who was clearly a Lulu Rose um, like seller. They, they were an affiliate or whatever you call them and had several boxes of this stuff, all new with tags. And I bought it all in bulk for like 50 cents an item. And they've been a consistent selling item for how much very low, like 10 to $15 per item. But here's the thing. I bought like 40 some items in one go for like basically pennies. Okay. And I get it. Every couple of weeks, it's like one or two Lulu Rose sales coming in. And I'm like, hey, I only sold this, these leggings for $10. So by the time eBay takes their fee and the shipping and all this stuff, like I might net $7 off of this or $6, but I paid 50 cents and I still got 30 more. You know what I mean? Like, so there's these consistent sales. So the reason why this is a bolo is not because this is a hot item, but because there was a market for a time that I, I feel like it's almost like the fingerlings, that there have got to be a lot of people out there who've got boxes of this stuff, new tags. You can't compare to fingerlings. Well, fingerlings just got clear inside at Walmart. And I saw all these social media posts like, let's get out there and get them. And I think they were like a, cent, a few cents on the dollar, like 50 cents or something. And I'm thinking about Hustle at Home. Mom has her stash. Yeah. Chaz from Side Hustle Network has shared with me his stash. I have a stash. Like, I really believe that there are more fingerlings in totes by resellers than actual people that bought them. And then the same thing I think is true. I think there are more new attack Lulu Row items in totes by previous sellers of Lulu Row than there are people wearing it. But there, those are, like you just said, they're actually, they may be selling for super cheap, but they're selling fingerlings. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know that. You know what I'm saying? But the point I'm trying to make, though, is there are so many people who bought into this, which I'm sorry, like the people who did and didn't do well. But the thing is, there's people who are offloading it, right? So if you're able to pick up a big bulk order for cheap and you've got a place to store it, it's not a bad deal. So if you know somebody who sold that kind of stuff, it doesn't even have to be LuLuRoe, right? It might be candles. It might be Cincy's, whatever it is. Those things tend to have a really big spike and then they slowly die off or they die off quickly. And then you get people who've got lots of it. And I, I can't tell you how many people that I know that used to sell something that years later end up just tossing out like all of their candles or all of their, if you can find that stuff in bulk and buy it cheap, you might only be making a few dollars per item, but you can get so much of it. And we talk about big bulk buys. Mm-hmm. So um, the reason why I think it's a bolo is don't go buy a single one that you find in a thrift store thinking you're going to make a lot of money. You won't. But if you can find hundred of them, a hundred pieces for 50 cents to a dollar a piece. I, I would, would say it. I would not pay more than a dollar on a bulk buy. No, I would. not for those. Not for the I would, I'm even to the point. I wouldn't pay more than 50 cents. Yeah. But can you imagine though, you get a hundred of them for 50 cents and over the next four, five years, every week or two, you're selling one, you're making five to six bucks. That adds up. No, I agree. It's kind of, I, 
I mean, I made more money on these, but I bought these uh, new, they were like, have you ever seen those collapsible water bottles? Mm-hmm. I found two. I go, actually, I posted it on Instagram. I found two of them at the store that shall not be named for $3.99. I saw they're consistent sellers. I bought them. Sure enough, I sold both of them within two days for $15 plus shipping each. Totally worth it, right? I mean, that's when I say buying lower price items is worth it if you can quickly sell it or you can store it, you know, because it's not a lot of money tied up. It's worth it to you. So I get what you're saying. So, so that's my bolo. So it's a weird bolo because don't ever pick it up as a one-off, right? Like certain things I'd say like big E Levi's, that's a bolo, right? No matter yeah. what. But Lulu Row, if you see it at a thrift store, don't touch it. Now, if you find a big old box of 50 to 100 items, maybe it's worth buying. Oh, I agree. I agree. All right. So my bolo. <coughs> Have I talked about weightlifting items yet as a bolo? Um, We've talked about fitness stuff off and on. I'm not sure if you've given this specifically. I hope I have it. I, I'm pretty sure I have it. I know I've posted on Instagram, but, and maybe I have, and it's a good to have a refresher, but cause it's still hot weightlifting belts. Yeah. They are, it, it's one of those things that stores miss them. And usually I get them for less than $10 or I'll get them at a garage sale for one or two bucks. And are you I, talking like leather ones or canvas? Leather, leather for the most part. I haven't sold the canvas one. All the ones I've sold leather, but Every single one of them I've picked up, whether it be a rogue belt, whether it be, I mean, there's different brands you can, you, I would just search, you know, if you want to find out, just go to eBay, filter to sold, put weightlifting belts and then put used and then put highest. And then you'll get a good, you know, genre of different belts that you should be, keep an eye for. But I cannot keep these belts ever for more, let's say more than 24 to 48 hours. Well, maybe you're pricing them too low. No, I'm not. They just sell. So for instance, I'll give you an example. I got a rogue one, right? And it was a brown leather one, $7.99 at the, I, this was on Instagram a few weeks ago. The store that should not be named. Sold with, I think like in 27 hours for, I want to say it was close to $80. And the highest price ones were around that price. And not a problem. Easy to ship. Make I had to put medium flat rate box because they're kind of this awkwardly shaped mm-hmm. thing to put in a padded, like... Unless you're that guy lifting those weights, that's going to be really hard to do. I mean, it was, I tried and it was a beast, but then again, you know, my guns aren't like Mike's guns. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. So, <laughs> so if I haven't said this before, weightlifting belts, if they're leather, definitely pick up. Yeah. I, I can't think of one I've been able to keep longer than a week in my inventory. Yeah. No, this is a new bolo. You definitely haven't talked about weightlifting belts on the podcast before. So, all right. So keep an eye again. I honestly don't think brand matters. Again, we all have phones. Well, there are going to be off brands for sure. There are, but they still, like, I don't think I've sold one weightlifting belt for less than $50. Wow. So definitely a bolo. Bolo. Episode 75. All right. Bolo. Here we go. What do you got? I didn't want to interrupt this bolo. Okay. So mine's an interesting bolo. And I bring this up because I've had awesome sales as a result of this. And if I've already shared this, please let me know. But I don't think I have. Is whenever you pick up like stereo systems, don't sell them all together. Separate them out. Hmm. Right. Or, I mean, I'm not saying do it right, but do the research. So I've had two instances where I've made a killing doing this. And not two instances, my whole reselling time, two instances in the last month or so. So first was 
a set of Ankyo speakers, Ankyo stereo amp, and Ankyo, I think it was like a receiver. I don't know what it was. I paid $12.99 for all of it at the store that shall not be named. Wow. Sold the speakers for $80. Nice. Sold the stereo amp for $180. Nice. And the other thing I have listed for $180. Now, I saw other listings on eBay where all these were together for $200. And I go, I wonder if I sold these separately if I can make more. Sure enough, I can make more. Which might even be uh, just a strategy to use. And we've heard a few people have done the same thing when it comes to like eBay arbitrage. You know, find people because I just sold, and this is probably a mistake, but I sold a bunch of NES games. I saw that. Old Nintendo games. And I bundled them together and I, I looked up a few of them and they were, you know, some, some of them sound for five, some for 10. And I didn't want to spend the time listing all of these games together. I didn't find any that were worth a ton. I listed them, I bundled them together, they sold, but I know that if I'd have broken them up individually and there was one in there that I ended up looking up later because somebody bought it right away, um, that that one game sold for like 15 <laughs> or 25. And it was like, oh, you know, I, I probably lost, I probably could have made an extra 20 or $30 had I broken these up. But if you're willing to do that time, there's tons and tons of things that are put together already in sets that you can buy and break up um, you just got to be, you got to know what you're doing and you got to be willing to put in that effort. Yeah. And you got to figure out if it's worth it. So you're talking about the reverse and I'll give you an example of the reverse where it worked to my benefit not to do that. So remember that crazy Disney estate sale? Oh, right. So I sold a set of, this wasn't a hustle of the week, was it? No, I don't think it was. I think I posted it on Instagram. I had nine Disney, like John Deere, Mickey Mouse, Farmer, like figurines. And the person, so I, I lotted them all together. For 300 something. The person offered me 235 for just six of them. And I took it. I usually don't part this out, but I'm like six for 235 and I only paid $5 for each of them. It's a major score right there. Kind of hustle the week material. So it worked to my benefit because if I sold them individually, it would have taken a lot longer to get, you know, that money back. And I have the other three pieces, which I'm going to bundle together and I'm going to see if I can get 99.99 for them. Right. And in the end, that whole time at the States, I paid 300 for everything. The monorail I picked up, these pieces, a bunch of other Disney stuff. So in reverse, it works. Now, the other thing I sold, this is the other reason it's a bolo is, and do you remember those huge tulip stand bow speakers? Yeah. And so I picked those up at for 150 in a state sale. Now they all come together. So you have the tulip speakers, you have, uh, I don't know, what do you call it? Equalizer. And then you have the center channel speaker. So I had seen people on eBay had sold all of them together for like $400, $500. I decided to part it out. I sold the Tulip Sands speakers for $450 plus shipping. I sold the center channel speaker for about $100 plus shipping. Then I sold the equalizer for $212 plus shipping. Nice. So again, separated it out. Yeah. And I can give you story upon story. You know, with remote controls, I've done that and other items. So Bolo is not only look out for that equipment, but look after you buy it to see, hey, is it better for me to just set, sell these all separately? Now, if you're trying to make the quick buck, it may be worth it to put it together and sell it all together. But if you're trying to make more money in the long term, it may be worth it to you because sometimes, you know, somebody's equalizer might have broken and they don't need the speakers or somebody has the equalizer and they need the speakers and vice versa. 
So yeah, because when you need just an individual piece, you're not thinking of, well, I could buy the whole set, mm -hmm. and this is, you know, yeah, you just need that piece. So so that's my bolo. That's good stuff. Good. So mine, um, believe it or not, is a synthesizer. <laughs> I remember you yeah, mentioned it earlier in the podcast about an hour or so ago. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, the reason I bring this up is because I, I find at thrift stores all the time, there's almost always a keyboard at almost every thrift store you go into, right? Mm -hmm. And 99% of the time, it's like Casio, right? Which there's some good Casios, but you got to be careful. Yeah, very few. Like Casio, for the most part, unless I'm totally wrong, they, they tend to be cheaper. You just think of the smaller, the, actually the smaller ones are better ROI. Not you, not that they sell for more, but the ROI is better. Really interesting. Uh, but yeah, so Yamaha, if you can find some Yamaha keyboards, usually there's some money there. Typically those tend to be more like piano style. Uh, but if you don't know the difference between a keyboard and a synthesizer, the way they look, do a little bit of research because almost every synthesizer that you find is going to be money, right? Mm -hmm. And they look very especially much... Especially now. Yeah, they look very similar to, to keyboard, and especially because keyboards have a lot of the dials and knobs and stuff on top now. It can be difficult to tell the difference. But once you can spot the difference between a synthesizer and a keyboard, most synthesizers are worth money. And so there's a brand of synthesizer, one of the most popular ones, it's Korg, K-O-R-G. I've seen those. And... Korg is one of the top, like if you go to concerts and you're seeing like bands performing, like they almost always, if they've got a synthesizer up on stage, 99% of the time it's, it's Korg. If it's not Korg, it might be Roland. There might be a couple of other brands, but I was so shocked to find today in a thrift store, a Korg keyboard, right? Like a Korg synthesizer. Nice. It's something I never thought I'd see, but it's one of those things where I wonder how many times people pass them up. I mean, because this was an item that it was 50% off because the tag had moved down, mm -hmm. which tells me even at the full price they were asking, it was a steal, which oh, yeah. tells me that it has been in this thrift store for probably a week or two and nobody picked it up. Probably because majority of people see it and it's like it's just another keyboard. And that'll never happen again because you just shared it. I just shared the Korg. Um, just messing. No, nah, you know, I mean, I've been, I've, I've at this point have been spent, Hundreds and hundreds of hours in thrift stores. I've only seen one. Yeah, keyboard, that's what I mean. You know? um, but just in case you ever see one, uh, check it out. Might be worth picking it up. This one's cool. It's actually a vocorder too. So um, I don't know if you know what that is, but it's it's so it's got a microphone that you can attach to it, and you can like talk or sing into it, and then actually play the keys, and nice. it changes your voice, and you can like make your voice all robotic and do weird. Taking stuff. it old school. It's it's a trip, man. So, anyways. Um, Check it out. K-O-R-G Korg. If you can find one of those. I don't know if I could funny. sell that. If I had that, I would keep it. I know. My wife, when she saw it, she's like, you are way too excited about this. You can't keep it. It's I'm so like, cool. Maybe we should like in do, do our, a whole intro, episode. our intro music with Welcome that. Welcome to <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. Okay. Episode 79. Do we have a bolo? Bo -bo 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 bolo. Bolo. Are you, are you? <laughs> Nice. Okay. So I feel like I've talked a lot. Sure. I want to hear your bolo. Well, let's see here. Um, What did I... Okay. Here's a good one. I actually found this one at garage sales today. So I, I might be pronouncing this wrong. That They're Quixels. Have you heard of them before? Just because I saw your haul. My haul. So... 
I ran into these and the nice thing was they were all unopened, like packs and packs of refills unopened, like super cool. And it's like, they're like little beads, like hollow beads that you put into like a, a mold, you mold it a certain way and then you press it and the machine like spins and does stuff. And it basically can create like keychains, and they have okay. ones that are flat and ones that are 3D. And it creates like these blocks that kind of mold into like a hard plastic thing. And the refill boxes, um, I was able to pick up two giant totes of these things. I mean, I guess I shouldn't say giant totes, but each one had like 15 refill packs in it. So I probably mm -hmm. have like 25, 30 refill packs plus one machine and then like one open machine. And half of them are 2D and the other half are 3D. And I look them up and some of them go for like $5 for the refill pack, but some of them up to like $22 for the refill pack. And I was able to pick up all of them for thirty-five dollars. Nice. Right. Only reason I bring this up is I was talking to the lady about it, and she's like, "Yeah, my kids loved them, and we bought all these." And it seems to be one of those things, like kind of like Legos, where you buy a bunch, but unless they're using them, and you know how kids are, right? Like they're really into something. They do a few. They buy the main kit. They want all these refill packs because I think any toy that requires refills is genius, right? Because it, it hooks people. It's like a replenishable? Yeah, they keep going. So they have the main thing that they buy, which has enough for them to make one or two. And then it's like, if they want more, they got to go buy a refill pack. Well, I can only imagine how many parents tell their, you know, kids, grandparents, other people like, yeah, we're, they're really into this thing. And so they end up with all of these refill packs. So what are the comps on them? Like I said, like some of these refill packs are going for like $22. Okay. $15. And so, but, yeah. so the cost, your, your buy cost has to be like, Good. Like in yours was really good. Right. So the reason I'm 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 saying it's a bolo, this isn't like, hey, you're gonna pick this up for a couple dollars and sell it for hundreds of dollars. But I have a feeling that these types of things, these consumables where there's refills, is sometimes, not always, but sometimes parents end up with buying their kids a bunch of refill packs because they have different ones, different oh, colors, whether saying. it's okay. slime or this. And then kids grow out of things quickly. They make three or four of them, they're really into it. And then they never make any more. I hate it when I buy toys and that happens. Right. And so now they've got all of these refill packs that haven't been opened. They're like, you know, blister pack, never been opened things. And then what are parents going to do with them? Right. They bought them. They have them. But I think I, I could be wrong, but I think these Quixels specifically, I don't know if they make them anymore. They're not. I don't. I never see them in Walmarts and Targets. But I can imagine that if there's a kid that's still into them, they want the refills. You're going to have to get them on eBay. So uh, my bolo is look for toys that have those kind of uh, refillable. Uh, you got to go buy. So it's like a generic bolo. It, it's, it's fine. It's generic, but I, Quixels is, a, is an example of that, right? So um, look for those. You never know if you'll find it because if it wouldn't have been for so many of them in the box, I would have never looked them up. Yeah, I right? agree. There was a big tote of a bunch of them and then another tote next to it with more of them. If it had just been one sitting on a table, I would have just passed it but I can only imagine how many times I go to garage sales and there's one or two just sitting around and I pass on them because it's like, who knows with like weird toy things like that. But hey, you never know. No, you don't. And you know, be, or maybe sometimes there's like schools that want things for projects and right. they're, they're willing to buy a bunch. So, yep. all right, there you go. Okay. So my bolo, it's funny because we both have kind of like low cost, kind of not huge moneymaker bolos, but bread and butter, bread, bread and butter. So remote controls. And not any kind of, I mean, I would say if you can get any remote control for under a dollar, it's worth a pickup. Hmm. Right. Because I, I, it's weird. You know, I went through this whole thing where I went through my electronics death pile of, 
you know, DVD recorders and dual decks and stuff. And I had a good, good amount that didn't work. But then I grabbed the remotes. I sold one. I sold a Bose remote for $50. I sold an Ankyo remote for $30. And so, by the way, there's a Bolo brand of remotes to look for. Uh, I sold a Samsung one for $18. I sold another Samsung for $18. I sold a Toshiba, I, I believe, for $25. And these both sell. Check. They sell on eBay and Amazon. But remotes. I mean, sometimes I see them at a thrift store and there'll be a whole... And I used to do this back in the day. And I kind of stopped doing it, but I think I'm going to go back to doing this where you'd have these bins just full of remotes. And I remember I would pick these up and I resell them. And I, I don't know why, but I just stopped doing it. Maybe because I felt that it wasn't worth my time. But, you know, if you're, especially if you're new to reselling, you're trying to find low cost items that can sell for a nice ROI and, and they don't take long to sell. It's the remotes. So again, Ankyo is a good one. Uh, I just shared uh, Bose is really good remotes. Uh, and you got to think about, you know, these are things that people are trying to replace, right? So even if you go to a garage sale and you pick up a dual deck with the remote and the dual deck doesn't work, you can still make money on it, right? Especially if you picked it up for five bucks or 10 bucks. So definitely keep an eye out for remotes. If you see them at a thrift store and you see a whole tote or a whole bin, it may be worth researching something. And eventually what happens, you get an eye and you don't even have to research. You know what remotes are good money for you. So that is my bolo. Yeah. Episode 83, which brings us to our next segment, Bolos. Bolo. Let's play that one more time. Yeah. Oh, you want to play it again? One more time. All right. Bolo. Uh, yeah. You, what do you, you made it happen. I, I loved it. What do you guys think? Did that work? <laughs> yeah. Part of our soundboard for our, our intros, we got to have one for Bolo. We had uh, the, the guy who called in and gave us multiple Bolo soundboards. California clips. Supreme Vintage. Yeah. Straight up, man. We appreciate all of your phone calls. So now you're a part of the show. Yeah. Officially. So if anybody else wants to send us in some uh, some sound clips, can't guarantee it'll make it on. But, you know, we've got other segments. Hustles of the Week. We've got uh, what uh, the Quote of the Week. Right? There's some there's some other segments. Orlando's Wrong. <laughs> yeah, there's gonna be a button I could hit that's like wrong, Orlando. I should just be you when you get angry. You're like you're wrong. No, you're just wrong. That, that's yeah. what it should be. Yeah, so. that's, that's my default there. All right, so here we are, Bolos. Uh, what do you got for us? All right. <laughs> so I really didn't think this was gonna be a bolo. It's one of those things that developed over time. So I had two major train hauls. I had one last year, and I still haven't listed those. But let's not talk over about that. Over a year? It's been over a year. Oh. It's just because they're super awesome. I just struggle listing them. I'm sure that's not the reason. No, it is the reason. It really is. Like, I really Do like Do you them. have them? Okay, so no, I don't you've have got them set up in your house, no, like where no, they go no. and up on the, on no, the ceiling no, on like a shelving no. unit? No, I don't. So, I think it'd be cool. So you have them in boxes? Yeah. All right. Okay. But I, I had another haul at a state sale, and these weren't Lionel trains, which my other, my other huge haul is a Lionel train thing. And I dropped about $300 and I bought all kinds of train stuff. And a lot of it was Fleischmann, Mantua. I hope I'm pronouncing these right. And a couple others, Tyco, but Tyco's not that, it's not a bolo. At least I don't think it is. And so a lot of these items that I bought were going for, you know, $15, $20, $30. I'm like, oh, great. Like, no one's going to buy these. What do I do? Do I donate these? Do I, and I don't know. Do I send them to my helper? And here's one thing I will say. 
so my helper is phenomenal with clothing. Like she does a phenomenal job. Right. And I kind of just dropped off these trains and I just said, all right. Take, and I, I just said, follow what I do. Well, you know, I always say this and I'm not the one that says this. I'm not going to be a Michael Scott that takes a Wayne Gretzky quote and then says, you know, you'll miss hundred percent of the shots you don't take dash Wayne Gretzky dash Michael Scott. Right. <laughs> so I'm not trying to do that right yeah. now, but you know, no one will run your business better than you do. Right. You've heard that multiple times. Yeah. It's not an Orlando original quote, but it's true. So I, I was very specific on how I took pictures for these train sets and, and my helper tried to do the same, but it wasn't the same. Right. So I thought, okay, I could, so I decided that, you know, she's far better at clothing and shoes. And so I'm, I'm gonna let her keep running with those. Cause she does such an incredible job. And then when I have time to slow down and actually, you know, spend the time to train on how to, do with model sets, I'll do that. So I'm like, okay, I'll do this. But I'm like, is this going to be worth my time? I mean, listing things for $15 and over and over and over again. And I don't even know if they're going to sell. Well, here's what started happening. I did it. And I I listed, I want to say about 40 to 50 items. And I, I would sell these within 24 hours. Boom, 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 boom. You know, a car, a box car, or an accessory to train. It wasn't Lionel. It was Fleischmann. It was Mantua. is different. And they're vintage. And even some of these were like the parts were like rusted. They were new, but inside the package, somehow they got rusted. And I've been selling. So, you know, I've already probably made, it's not huge, but I've only spent maybe, maybe two hours of time. I've already had probably close to the 300 dollars I spent on this and I've only touched a quarter of what I bought. Wow. Right. And so I go, okay, well maybe because the economy's really pumping. Cause I find that when the economy's going, collectibles, people are more willing to spend on collectibles. Right. right? They're not looking for staple items necessarily. And so they have more discretionary income that they can spend. Correct. Correct. And so I'm like, okay. So for now, at this point in time, I would do a second look at trains. Because, you know, I didn't even share. This is a story I didn't even share because we were busy talking about lowriders and everything else. Uh, but, you know, I went to this other location and they, they've they had, every year I've gone, they've had trains galore. Wow. And I never buy them because hmm. I'm like, it's a waste. Yeah. And now I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go back and give it a second look because, yeah, there's not huge money, but if I could crank out, and these are easy, right? So one, same company, same setup, same description, you know, New inbox, complete. Some parts may be rusted. Please look at pictures. Like I don't have to change that. It's the same thing for each one. Yeah. And so if I could crank out, you know, 20 listings in two hours, and we're talking about what's 20, you know, 20 times 15. I don't know. Do the math. There. 300. $300, right? I mean, it's not huge, but it, it two things it'll do. It'll one, it'll keep your consistent sales. That algorithm so going. Triggers the algorithm. And the other thing, it's once I sell these, the chances of return have been zero. Mm. And actually, that part that I talked about, the global shipping, it was a thing I wasn't going to list. It was a, it was an engine switch or something. It was a little locomotive. And I listed it for $50. And within 24 hours, somebody in Germany bought it. We wanted to take a quick moment to thank our sponsors for this episode. Nice. And they pay the shipping on it. So just take a second look. 
you know, because you never know. There may be, and don't think it has to be big dollar items. Maybe these could be smaller dollar items that you could put in your store as kind of like the loss leaders. Yep. That's good. Um, that's good stuff. And I think too, that just goes back to the, any, anything that's a hobby. Um, it takes a lot of learning. Learn to know what, what it is mm-hmm. inside that hobby that sells. And it's a new niche to break into. Uh, but trains are one of those hobbies that have been, it's a tried and true. It's not going anywhere. There's always going to be, you know, train enthusiasts. And so spend a little bit of time. I bet you within like five hours of watching YouTube videos and reading articles, you'd probably be like, 80% of an expert, not an expert, but like enough to like go out and buy and be like, Oh, I've heard of that brand or Ooh, these things mm-hmm. are good. Or these just put in the time that that's a good one. I think trains is, is one I see often at, at garage sales and just don't know enough about, and it might be worth taking the time to learn. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's good. So before we started this, I actually talked about doing, um, uh, doing bookshelf speakers as my bolo, uh, which I'll have to, I'll actually probably use another time, but I thought about something cause you were talking about trains as a hobby. And I was thinking of um, hobbies that I'm into. And I've talked before about like different nerdy board games and and miniatures for different games. But right now, and I think Stranger Things was a big part of it, uh, the TV series on Netflix, but role-playing games, Dungeons and Dragons, those types of role-playing games are huge. It's it, They're huge making a money. comeback. And it, new stuff like Target has like, they've got like a starter set. There's actually even like a Stranger Things set that just recently came out. There are so many like Dungeons and Dragons and role playing stuff. And there's like this new push for that. And so if you can find old vintage stuff, that's great. In fact, this is how big it's getting. I was on Instagram and I almost never watched like people's stories on like my personal Instagram, whereas like sometimes you get advertisements. But I saw this advertisement that caught my attention. I just watched the whole thing and I was like, wait, this can't be right. Wendy's, the, the fast food restaurant, Wendy's. Okay, where are you going with this? Had this epic commercial of like, basically like Dungeons and Dragons type okay, like yeah, yeah. books. And, all. and I'm like, this is so weird. They started an RPG. Wendy's, the fast food company, started and it's a 96 page book that you can get. A tabletop RPG and like you're like fighting the evil overlord McDonald's in this beef world. And like it, it's, it's legit epic style. And I'm like, if fast food companies, if it's been, if, it, if Dungeons and Dragons has gone so mainstream that fast food companies are using it for marketing, that means we are at the brink of like a new wave of Dungeons and Dragons and that kind of RPG stuff being big. And so if you can find vintage, when when a new generation comes in, they're going to buy the new stuff, of course, but there is this like obsession with the old and the vintage. And so if you can get your hands on old quests, old uh, Dungeons and Dragons, anything, you are going to be walking into money. So did we... Did you just so is this RPG is this tabletop game something you can buy? Um I think you have to um like print it like it's a PDF version but it's a fully full-fledged okay, game. Okay so with we rules. didn't just like kill a major bolo. I don't think so. <laughs> no cuz I'm I'm looking I just when he said that I'm fascinated with it. I'm like that's kind of cool. Feast of Legends. Feast of yeah, that's what it's called. Feast of Legends. <laughs> And I'm like, okay. I feel like there should be like epic music playing in the background. Feast of Legend. And I'm just trying to go like, how do I get my hands on that? So- I know, right? I think you have to print it. It's a free PDF you can print. But if if it if it takes off good, oh, I'm here sure. So I'm clicking on the link right now and it says you can get everything you need right here. Oh, I clicked on, on some spammy page. Okay, yeah, never don't mind. Don't do that. We'll look at it later. But uh, Feast of Legends. Yeah. I'm interested now. That's not the bolo. That's not the bolo. But yeah, any kind of vintage... Or even new, like, and I hope I didn't give away a bolo there, but I, I saw 
a I'm pretty sure Dungeons and Dragons fifth edition version of like Stranger Things, and it had like the Stranger Things. No, I cover. saw that. It's not. I didn't see it as a bolo, but maybe it is now. But yeah. When I last researched it. Yeah, I don't think it is a bolo, but that just goes to say, like, hey, it's it's big right now. It's a it's it's kids are playing it at my school that I'm at. There's a Dungeons and Dragons club that has a bunch of kids that come. So you know, if you can get your hands on it, if, if the younger Even generation the old is getting ones. into it. I don't know if you, some of you that listen to us listen to Scavenger Life, but they came across like handwritten, like Dungeon and da- Dungeons and Dragons manuals from back nice. in the day. That's amazing. Like a box full and they made a killing on it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely keep an eye. I've, I can tell you, I have one time I picked up two Dungeons and Dragons magazines at a garage sale. And this was like, there were magazines from, I think like early 2000s. I don't know what it was. I paid, no, it wasn't at a garage sale. It was at, at the store that shall not be named. <sighs> Almost said it, and it in, they in, I paid like eight dollars, and they instantly each sold for forty bucks, no nice. problem. So yeah, and it wasn't even my thing. Like yep. I just knew that D and D like sells, and I picked it up. It's good so, stuff. That's a good bolo. Cool. Appreciate your bolo. Better than the other one. Yeah. So and so that that ends our episode eighty-seven. Are you ready for our next segment? I think so. Yeah, bolo time. I, I totally butchered the word segment too. I don't know what I said. I did say segment. It sounded like segment. Okay, that works. All right, what's your bolo, Mike? All right, my bolo. So this goes back to uh, the tested item, uh, not the not the the not really tested, but just pretend tested, you know. But hopefully, really tested item. And I don't know if you've heard of this brand before, and maybe I should have because I like vintage audio, so I could just be like an idiot for not knowing this. But there's this, I saw this speaker set, like a home theater set. Yeah. And the brand is, I think it's Denon. Oh, yeah. Denon. Denon sells. All right. So I see I see this, this speaker set. You got to be set. careful, but you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I did the research. I looked up this specific one. And it was a home entertainment system, and it was the receiver and the sub and two speakers, like two satellite speakers. And I paid 80 bucks. Like I paid up. I, now I get a 10% discount because I'm a teacher. So, you know, I got a little bit of a deal there. Uh, but the nice thing with this is this set is selling even individual pieces. So just the receiver, just the speakers, just the subwoofer is selling for more than the $80 that I bought it for individually. So no matter what, I'm going to make my money if I separate it out. Now, if I bundle it all together, um, it's even more. I saw some people. Now, one of the the comps that I saw I'm not sure if it's real. Like, you know what I mean? Like, but there was one comp for just the receiver piece because a lot of them that I saw were just speakers, just the receiver piece for $449. But it was a bid, right? So I don't know if it's an auction bid. It only had one bid on it. So I don't know if somebody just like jokingly bid it and didn't pay. Yeah, and it's hard to tell, you know, because it doesn't tell you now. The other thing is I do find that people that buy through eBay's global shipping program since they, there's no other way for them to get it, they're willing to drop good money Put on Put that things. kind of money on. Yeah. So, hey, if it's possible for me to get that kind of money, I'm going to be ecstatic. But either way, uh, it was a brand that I'm not used to seeing. I don't see it very often. But when I saw that the comps were really high on this specific unit, uh, it just made me think like, hey, here's one more brand. I'm at a point now where I almost don't even look at speakers just because there's so many that aren't worth money. And you can mm-hmm. spend a lot of time looking at them. But of course, we know like Bose, right? Mm-hmm. I know Polk Audio. Polk Audio is great. And now I've got one more that I can look for and say like, ooh, I know this sell. So that's why it's a bolo. Still do your research because some, you know, there might be some models that aren't worth anything. 
Um, but if you find the ones that are worth, it's at least worth your time to to do the research. You know, and I'll add to that. You know, bookshelf speakers to me are some of the easiest flips, right? Because they're usually super cheap at the store that shall not be named or wherever you source them, and then they're easier to pack, right? Because they're usually like two speakers. You got to just bubble wrap them, and you may need to float the box depending on you know the kind of speakers and the covering on them. But you can usually, it's not as heinous as a huge set of speakers, awkwardly shaped speakers. They're usually just rectangular or square, and it's pretty easy. Yeah, I have this Polk Audio, like this super awesome Polk Audio sub system that like you can attach directly to like <clears throat> other speakers. Like it's it's this really cool thing. And I got it for, I think I paid like 30 or 40 bucks, and I think I can get like 150 for it. But I don't want to ship it because it's so big. I'd, I'd probably lose in shipping. You know, I'd probably my ROI would be really low. So I'm trying to sell it local, but I moved and I'm not close to the city anymore. And so I've had so many people on Facebook marketplace, like reach out to me and they're like, Hey, is this still available? I'm like, yeah, but now I'm at blah, blah, blah location. And they're like, Oh, well let me know if you're ever in town. And then it's a nightmare of like, well, like, like go into town on this day. Like, are you available? Like, so I want to sell these things local, but yeah, when you're talking bookshelf speakers, you're talking smaller speakers, it's better than a giant subwoofer Mm -hmm. system. Uh, But I mean, there's still money. Like if you've, I'm still not upset that I picked up that Polk audio system because I know I'm going to be able to to, to flip it eventually local. Uh, but bookshelf speakers, like you said, easier to ship. You're not going to lose that money on the shipping. And so and smaller storage, you're looking at footprint in your own storage space. And so something to think about. Agreed. Now, what's your bolo? So mine is and I always feel like I always share something before and then I find that I didn't. But playoff gear. Right. I, you know, I had nice sales. When the Cardinals made it, I don't know how far the Phillies made it, but you know, I sold the Philly jersey for 42 bucks, paid five dollars. I sold the Cardinals jacket, I paid 20, I sold for 110. I sold some other Cardinals gear. I mean, you gotta pay as even if you're not a sports person, it doesn't hurt every once in a while to just, you know, Google a certain, you know, sport like Major League Baseball or NBA or whatever it is, or you know, if you're near a sports bar or whatever, just to pay attention because you never know when you have certain items that are going to sell for money at a peak. And that's happened to me sometimes where a certain team makes it to the playoffs and something that's been sitting forever sells. And I'm like, yes. Or I priced it too low because at the time of the comps, it was at a certain price because the playoffs, they went up in value and then I lost money. So keep an eye for playoff gear. It definitely, you know, makes sure I remember when. You know, the Cavaliers were in the playoffs. I remember when the Lakers, I remember when all these different teams, the Warriors and so on, I was making good money. But so what happened is when those teams were started making in the playoffs, I raised my prices and I still made money on those items. So it always, always pays off to pay attention to what's going on in sports. Yeah, I don't even watch sports. But yeah, it's one of those things where you never know why certain items sell. Right. So like like if a new movie comes out and you're not paying attention, it's like, oh, wait a minute. Why did that? Oh, they came out with a new movie that's connected to that. Uh, So. But yeah, that goes to show like you could have made more if you were paying attention, you raise your prices because if when demand goes up, if you're if your pricing is still set for when demand was low, you're going to lose out. So that that's kind of just even a reminder to be aware of what's going on in culture as much as you can follow the trends because you might have items in your store. You're like, oh, sweet, that sold. But you actually lost money because you could have made more if you understood what was happening yeah and there's a sweet spot mm-hmm. you know and for so for example i think i shared this the play mobile movie came out back in i don't know august or september and i was selling a ton of play mobile but 
I thought I could sell it for more now. And so I listed some things too high and then it didn't sell. Mm. So, right. So you got to find that sweet spot where you don't get too uh, ambitious with your price, but you make a little bit more. So just be aware. So that's my Bolo playoff gear. Episode 91. And it's time to move to even more exciting things. Bolo! I just do the yeah. head nod. You do the drop bows on them. That's right. <laughs> El Bolo. Oh my. <laughs> Can't believe you went there with that. Yeah, why not? Okay, I've talked a lot. I want to hear your Bolo. All right. So um, you have talked a lot. I have talked a lot today. I'm sorry. Not in a bad way. Like I'm not like offended by it, but okay. you know, my voice out. has been, uh, has been able to rest, which is nice. Well, so. Good. Um, so my bolo is I was at a garage sale uh, a while back. I actually went with my wife, my wife and son came with me and they would just drive me and drop me off. And I think I mentioned that. And I don't think I mentioned this item though. So one of the first places we stopped at, I jumped out and I looked around and I didn't see anything. And then as I'm getting in the car, I saw like in the corner, some like signs. I'm like, Oh, I know signs sometimes do well. So I like got back out and I looked and there was an interstate five sign, right? Like, like a, like a sign that would be on the freeway. And this thing's pretty beat up. And based off of the other things this person has, like I had no reason to believe that like they stole this, like their legalities. That now, And that's why I bring that up. Now uh, I I don't know a hundred percent, like, all of the the legal stuff about this, I just know it's illegal to take them off of off of the road. Like there are people who do that, and I know why is because I look them up yeah. on eBay and and like freeway signs sell for a lot of money. Like if if it's like a nice one, they sell for you know upwards of a hundred bucks or so. So yeah, it makes sense that people can go out there and just cut them off and then sell them. I mean that's like free money on the road that people are stealing. But this guy, I mean, I asked him about. It. I'm like, oh, how'd you get this? And and you could tell by all of his stuff, like he's a construction worker guy. And he's okay. like, yeah, I was doing a job and they were, you know, throwing them away. So I picked one up. Um, they're just going to throw it away. So this was trash. So I don't, I don't have any issue with it now. I don't know. Maybe there's an eBay policy about selling them, but there's lots of them that sell. So if there is like a lot of people are breaking the rules. Um, but anyways, I picked up this interstate five sign for five bucks or $4. I, yeah, because he wanted, he wanted five. And then I went three and he's like, I should have said seven. And I'm like, uh-huh. And then he's like, okay, fine, four. Um, and Split the difference. Yeah. So um, we ended up at, at, at four bucks. And so I buy this sign and we've had a ton of offers on it. And I, I, part of me wants to just go, um, uh, what's it called? Auction on it mm-hmm. just to see what people will give. Because there's nicer ones, like ones that are much nicer that are selling for like 80 to to $100. We've had a lot of offers around 60 65 and we've declined them because we're like, I think we can get more for this. We're trying to get like closer to 80. But I'm like, I wonder if I just go auction set it at the 65 and then see if it goes up from there. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's something I've been thinking about, but um, I, I don't feel bad about selling it. Cause I know for like 99% chance that this is just like not a stolen off the side yeah. of the road. Right. Like this is, this is from a construction side, a job that is going to go in the trash. Um, but anyways, I say all that to say, if you can find some signs, right. Like real signs, right. Like we know this with like certain phone booth signs, certain mm-hmm. like different, they sell for money. Cause think about like the, the, the sentimental value people have, right? Mm-hmm. Like I've driven on the five freeway so many times. That'd be so cool to have or movie mind. sets yeah. or, yeah. you know, studios wanting yep. them. Yeah, yep. I get so, it. Um, yeah, that all that to be said is when you see signs, always check them out because you never know. Um, I saw like a full phone booth one time, but it was like trashed. And I was like, ah, that there's probably pieces of this that would sell, but I didn't want to deal with it. But yeah, I mean, if you find like, I mean, I think you've talked about on the podcast before, like certain phone signs. Right? Yeah, I have a, I have my, uh, that's my 
ultra inventory reserve in case things get really bad. Of Yeah, I have about, I don't know, over 100 telephone signs. You haven't posted those? Nope. What? <laughs> You're just sitting on money, man. I intended to, and then sales kicked in. So, so like you're sitting on them like purposely? Yeah, I'm just, you know, hoping that the value keeps going. <laughs> I guess, yeah, there's that. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, pick up signs. That's a bolo. Um, of course, always do your research. I don't even think we need to say that anymore. We'll just say things no, and like, do. we'll just you assume do, that do. Well, at the end of the episode, we'll be like one of those really fast voices like, Mike and Orlando are not 100% experts on the blah, 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 the no legal advice, blah, blah, blah. Oh, really always, always, always do your research, blah, 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 yeah. Or we'll go, be real, be relevant, be researching. Be researching. All right. That's a good bolo. I, you know, and signs are, you know, again, he says, keep an eye out for signs. Yes. But don't take the ones illegally. Yeah, no, never. <laughs> don't. That's because you're stealing from. I think it's a felony. Isn't yeah. It? Well, yeah. But you're stealing from me. That's my taxpayer that dollars. That is true. Don't steal from us. Yeah. Don't steal from me. Don't steal you, from Mike. You, you don't want Just that. Mike. Okay. All right. So my bolo. So I'm kind of shocked about this bolo because this went away and now it's coming back. Yes, fingerlings. I knew it. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't I? I still have my fingerlings. Those I need to get rid of somehow. Maybe I need to just... Just lot them all together. Or make a bunch of kids days one day, you know? So construction trucker jackets. I'm being really vague because what I'm finding is not, you know, I've talked about Levi's Sherpa line jackets. Like those are selling again. And I don't know what it is, but I've sold some Carhartt ones that are like, there's paint all over them, discoloration. I had one that I paid a dollar for that I sold for 40 something dollars. I sold a, a, another Carhartt one for 70 bucks. I have a, a few of them and I cannot hold on to them. Right. And if you want to check them out, they're one of our TikToks. <laughs> I, are I, you sending people to our TikTok? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. If, I don't know if we want people to see some of our TikToks. Yeah. I don't know, but you know, we're experimenting on there. So if you're not already on TikTok, don't go. That place is a black abyss, man. You'll get sucked in. <laughs> it, it really is. But there's some good stuff on there. Some. Some. All right. So Sherpa lined or trucker jackets. Just keep it. Just Google, you know, not Google. Go to eBay, go to Solds, type in Sherpa line trucker jacket. And, you know, go to the highest Solds under condition used and just see. Right. So there's certain brands like Levi's, there's Carhartt. There's some Abercrombie, Abercrombie and Fitch. There's, you know, even maybe Gap ones. I don't know that um, Gap's not usually a good seller for anything, but you never know. <laughs> but keep an eye because for whatever reason, I cannot hold on to these and they're selling. So those of you that are in warmer climates, probably a good place to look because I'm pretty sure people had them and then they don't want them or whatever. Right. I, th I think they're harder to find the cooler climates right now because people aren't using them. Right. So keep an eye. That is my bolo. Again, doesn't have to be brand specific, but you know, there's some brands out there, you know, like Levi's and Carhartt and so on that sell for money. And I don't know, this might be a small window because one sold to somebody in Russia and it sold to such a, it was a, I'm not going to say the name, but it was a very Russian name. And I'm like, I could see this guy wearing, this big old bulky Sherpa lion, like out in the wilderness, you know, hunting with I feel his jacket. Like I should get one. You're making them sound so cool. They are cool. They're legit. I like wearing one. I have one that I could probably keep, but I don't know. I'm already, you know, I'm already struggling in San Diego 
knowing that eventually I can't wear shorts every day. Like that's a struggle for me right now. Sad. So all right. like okay. 60. Okay. So what are you looking for? Wait, we got to hear it one more time. Do we? One more time. Do it. Episode 95. We're ready for one of your favorite portions of the podcast. I think we need to play that one more time because I interrupted that. No, that's good. I don't we don't have to keep playing it like 10 times every I love it though. All right. So what's your bolo? All right, so my bolo goes back to um, my interaction today where I admitted that I was a reseller and it kind of worked out in my favor. So uh, one of the things that the guy came to me and he he showed me were these stuffed animals. And I don't normally do plush, right? He's like, you should check these out. And I'm just like, first, I'm like, I'm going to look them up for this guy, right? Like, because he's being nice to me, like, I'm just going to like, he's watching me look on my phone. So I'm like, all right, I'll look these things up. And then he starts talking to another person. So I'm like, okay, now I can like really look these up to see what they're worth. And the name of the company is Boynton. Have you heard of that? B-O-Y-N-T-O-N. And they make these stuffed animals. And they're, he's all, there's four of them here. You could lot them together. And they're like different. Like one of them's uh, an elephant and it's named Harry Elefante. And then there's like. Edgar, which is like a like a sad hippo, and then like they're they're pretty good sized plushes. Okay, and there's four of them, and I think it was either two or three of the four sold for like close to fifty dollars. Nice. One of them, um, there's no solds for, but there's some listed at like twenty bucks. Uh, another one, there's like some listed at twenty bucks, but in the past it had sold for like forty. So there's four of them, and and at least two of them consistently sell for like almost fifty, and one of them maybe around there. So I'm like, all right, so I at least want to pick up these two, right? So the guy comes back. I'm like, well, yeah, these are pretty cool. Like, how much would you do for them? And he's like, well, if you do all of them and you have to take all of them, $10. Wow. So this is almost a hustle of the week, not necessarily a bolo, but it's both. Yeah. So, I mean, the brand is a good brand. Like, check out this brand if you see them. They're kind of cool. They're like stand-up tall plushes, and they, they've got like a tag that has a funny kind of clever name on them. Um but they sell for for decent, like fifty bucks, you know, plus shipping or close to fifty plus shipping, and uh, and yeah. So he tells me like, yeah, so uh, ten bucks for, it, but you have to buy all of them. So then I'm thinking like instant, like yes, I'll pay ten dollars for all four of these. But then you know, you, you ever second guess yourself when when somebody gives you an offer and you're yeah. like, you have to clarify because you don't want to just assume you're like, now just to ch- you're saying ten dollars for all of it total, right? Not ten dollars each because the way he said it was. $10, but you have to take all four. So I was thinking like, maybe he's trying to imply like, you're going to have to, I'll sell them to you for $10 each, but you have to buy all four to get that price. You know? No, he's like, no. So two fifty, two fifty, two fifty, two fifty. Nice. I was like, done. Right? Like, so I'm going to make my money on those. But yeah, so again, Plush is one of those things that I don't normally pick up, but I would say check out this brand, Boynton, B-O-Y-N-T-O-N. Yes, I've sold those before. Yeah, so so check those out. Um, look them up on eBay and see what they look like. So um, that way you're not digging through random plush but you can kind of spot them when you see them they're, they're kind of unique looking uh and then uh and, and they sell they're worth it nice you're pretty good at that so all right so mine is i turned a, a terrible scenario into a win this sounds like a hustle of the week also well kind of so do you remember when i talked about i sold the lionel trains like a boat Yep. And the box and the guy was upset with me because the sticker. T- the sticker was on there, right? So 
anyways, the guy was being whatever because I listed it right after I got it back within probably 30 minutes. It sold for $50. Nice. Okay. So obviously it wasn't that big of a deal. Yeah. Okay. Now it was for $15 less than I originally sold it, but not that big of a deal. Now it got me thinking, I go, Hmm, the guy made a big deal about the box, right? You know what? I have some extra Lionel train boxes. And then I, at the same time, son of a son of a seller, I uh, remember he was on our interview. You should check out his interview if you haven't. He has a lot of fascinating stuff. He had sold some old Nintendo console boxes and some Genesis boxes for money. And so it had me thinking, I go, huh, what if I just listed these extra boxes that I have? So I listed a bunch of these boxes at like $19.99 plus shipping. Boop. Right? So I'm like, okay, you know, who knows, right? Even you can tell. And some of these boxes were like a flap was torn. And some of them had the price tag, like the other guy didn't like. And I'm like, I wonder if people are looking for these. Sure enough, today, a guy bought a, a train, a boxcar, and then bought two empty boxes for $10 a piece plus shipping on each of them. Nice. So not a major bolo, but those are boxes. Now it makes me upset because I accidentally tore a box like a few weeks ago. I'm like, no, mm. like, I'm still going to try to sell that box. But, you know, I'm not saying be on the lookout for empty boxes. But hey, collect your stuff. You never collect, know. Yeah, no, but if you do a book buy and there's extra boxes that are left over, or maybe it might be more profitable for you to sell the box and the item separate, yeah. right? Because you don't know. So, anyways, I got a few more boxes, but man, that haul, that was my train haul that I paid $260 for everything. I've made well over $1,000 already on that haul. Nice. So, anyways, be on the lookout, not only for empty box for trains, but all kinds of items because it may be worth it to you. So that is my bolo. Episode 99. And now it is time for Bolo. That was a terrible dance. I was doing like, you did almost like the ear floss. Is that what it's called? The know. ear. Mike is, if you're listening to podcasts, he has his fists up and it's like he's putting a towel through his head. Yeah. Or, uh, or remember the movie, uh, was it Hitch? Where he's teaching With the guy Smith? how to dance. Yeah. You know, I watched that movie probably 20 times. I don't remember anything about yeah, it. I think it was that movie. And like, he's teaching the different lessons and the guy's like, yeah, like the, the Q-tip, cleaning the ear, throw it away. And I'm like, <laughs> well, that, see, it's funny. Somebody did comment on our reseller rap about our dance moves. Good or bad. It was kind of like, they just said those dance moves. Mm. So you could take it. I, I would say there wasn't much dancing in that video. It wasn't dancing as much as just like straight up, you know, straight hustle, hustle moves. moves. We were, we were, that, that's what, that's what hustling looks like when you're hardcore hustling, at least when no one's watching. Right. So what's your bolo? So it's going to be such a generic bolo. Love it. It's been a long time. But here, here's what's happening. Heavy coats are selling. And there's two reasons that they're selling. Number one, they're in. And it's cold. It's cold. It's it's winter. It's trendy. But right, retail stores, usually they sell things ahead a season ahead. Right. So if if you're looking for a heavy coat right now, you may be having a tough time. Right. But if you have those heavy coats, and especially if you have those heavy coats that certain people are looking for, you're gonna be able to sell them. Right. So right now is the time to get them up. Right. Because by the end of January, everybody already has their jackets or their coats. But right now people are looking. So 
I've sold some nice ones. And I shared this on Instagram. Do you know there's a difference between Shearling and Sherpa? Um, is it, is it, I don't know. I don't <laughs> that's know. That's good. You know, all right. That's good because I didn't know this, but you know, I had sold, you know, those uh, trucker jackets mm-hmm. that are Sherpa lined, right? Sherpa is like fake wool. Okay. Shearling is the fresh wool off, off the sheep. It's the one day like, and so those go for more money. Right. And I didn't know that. And I've been selling, I saw, I sold a shot, a shearling jacket for over a hundred bucks or maybe a hundred bucks. I sold the Sherpa one. Sherpa sell for close to a hundred, but those are selling. I've already talked about this as a bolo, but man, puffer coats are selling. I just sold a puffer coat that I paid $15 for. I had to wear that one on a plane from San Francisco <laughs> to here. Cause it wouldn't fit with all the other stuff I sourced. Nice. It was worth it because I, I believe I paid 15 to 20 and I sold it for 150 bucks plus shipping. Yeah. It's worth, you know, sweating on an airplane because you've got seven layers on. <laughs> it was pretty rough, but I was too t- bad. You can only wear one pair of shoes at a time, right? That is true. <laughs> Maybe unless you get bigger sizes. I don't, but I will tell you coats right now are definitely selling. So if you haven't had a chance, I know that's super generic, but you got to look more for the the super warm coats. Now, remember, they are going to take a lot of, you know, space, right? Because to put those on a hanger, it's pretty bulky, right? But I will say I have been, I've been selling some coats and I'm kind of surprised at, you know, what they're fetching because I, I bought them and I go, this was, the one I sold was an Averix and I didn't think Averix was the brand, but the fact that it was a heavier coat with a hood, definitely worth it. So I know that's pretty generic, but I think right now is a sweet spot. If you haven't listed those, and we do listings year round, but if there's ever a time to list them, it's right now. So anyways, keep an eye. I like it. Uh, my bolo is um, kind of generic too, because it's not a specific brand. And I've talked about like uh, fitness equipment before, especially when it comes to the beginning of the year. And you might be able to pick it up now at a good, at a good you know, price. Uh, but one thing that I've noticed, and again, you got to be careful. You got to do your research. Don't just buy something um, if it's not worth it. But I do really well on used like fitness trackers, so different Fitbits or different mm. uh, GPS watches, even old models. Like your watch is something like that, right? Um, yeah, my watch is, it's just a Garmin running watch. It's a, it's a nicer one, but this one is, it's probably like four or five years old now. So it's it's technically a smartwatch, but it, it's not like as interactive as like an, uh, an iWatch or, or an Apple Watch or whatever they're called. Um, but what I've noticed is a lot of people who are into running, um, they... They have a certain model that they like and they're willing to go back to that hmm. model, pay less. They don't want to necessarily pay up for a model that's got all these functions they don't need or they've got similar functions. They just cost more. And I've found a lot of GPS watches, fitness trackers, Fitbits, those types of things, body bugs, whatever there are at Goodwills and Salvation Armies. And a lot of times they're still in packaging. Like people will keep the packaging, put the stuff back in. And what I've noticed is you can buy, and a lot of times I get them, and the older ones, the batteries aren't, like, it's not, like, rechargeable. Some of them you have to actually put in, like, little watch batteries. And so once the battery dies, people are like, well, you know, I'm done. They get rid of it. Well, I'll buy, I bought a pack of batteries of different sizes, like those little watch batteries that I use for different camera equipment sometimes. So I'll replace it. And I've even replaced bands. Like, there's one, the band was pretty gross. And so I went on, I bought a third-party band off of eBay for, like, $2.99, put a new band on it, put a new battery in it and something that I paid like eight bucks for plus a battery plus three dollars for a band I was able to sell for like 60 bucks right so not a lot of work and people if, if they're they like a certain style they know it works they know it fits they like the way it looks 
a lot of times people will go back to it. I noticed this even with like shoes. We talked about this with somebody on an interview is people have certain models of shoes. Like they don't like, they might not like the 2019 edition. They like the 2016. Mm -hmm. Like that's the style, the look, the fit. It feels better. It's the same way with certain equipment like that. People like certain watches. People will pay for the same model that they have and like instead of buying the newer upgraded model. So something to think about. I think I, I see them often at, at thrift stores and, and Goodwills. And you got to be careful because it might take a little bit of work. So you got to realize like this might need a new band. It might need a new battery. But if you're willing to do that, people will pay for for something that's familiar, right? Because there's something about that. There's something, if I were to get a new watch, I might upgrade to the new Garmin running watches that they have. But I really like this one. And I can go on eBay and probably buy this one for used for a fraction of the price of the new, newest one coming out, right? And so there are a lot of people who are like that. And so my bolo, as it were, is just because it's old Garmin, old running equipment, doesn't mean that that's not what people are familiar with and like and might be willing to pay for. You know, if there was a contest for who had the better bolo, you definitely won. That was really what do, good. What do I get for winning? The satisfaction of winning. I did it. I can retire now. But that was that was great. I you know, I don't think we shared that one. And I, I will say I whenever I find used Fitbits or anything, they sell pretty fast. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can't hold on to them for more than a week. I wish I could find more of them. But that that's a great bolo. And the battery thing, you know, if we talked about with Grant Cardone, the unfair advantage, and that's an unfair advantage, right? Because most people will look at stuff and, and they'll go, oh, having to go buy that little battery and put it in, that's extra work. But that gives you the unfair advantage, which allows you to sell for more and to make more profit. Yep. Especially if, I mean, if you're at a garage sale and you're like, does it turn on? They're like, oh, no, it doesn't turn on. Most of the time, it's just it's just the battery. And I don't want to spend the time like on VCRs anymore like I used to. But I recently bought a PS2, which again, the, the margins aren't really there to make it worth a lot of time. But it's not reading the disc. And so I spent five minutes and watched a YouTube video. And I really think it's going to be like a five minute fix of me taking the top off, cleaning out a couple of parts, adjusting a spring on something, and then it'll work. Right. And so, yeah, are you willing to put in that little bit to learn? And then if you if it is a skill you can learn, like, man, cleaning heads on a VCR does not take that much time. And you can take mm. a VCR that's got dirty heads and doesn't run and people will get rid of for for very inexpensive and make it pretty much brand new. And um, I, I'm thinking about that even with the Korg that that I sold and it came back as one of the, they said one of the buttons, like when you push it's it. It's back. We shouldn't used it. When you push one of the, the buttons, I need to test to see if it's even the case. But one or two of the buttons, when you push hard because it's it's pressure sensitive, um, it doesn't work all the way. So um, I have a feeling that all I'm going to have to do is take it apart, spray it with some contact cleaner. And worst case scenario, I mean, I'm, I'm not an electrician, but I fix enough little things that like I could be wrong, but it might just be like to solder another wire on there that costs pennies, right? And then I've got a perfectly functioning unit again, as opposed to just selling it for parts. And if you can learn like a little skills like that, you can then pick up stuff that nobody else will and even use that as negotiating like, hey, this doesn't work, knowing that you can fix it without too much work. Agreed. That's really good. I think, I think you definitely provided a lot of value in those five minutes. I hope so. I don't know. Thank you, Mike. I, even for myself, I'm going, I've been lazy lately, right? Because when you do Amazon, right, you're, you're just getting new stuff and shipping it out. But, you know, you definitely provide that advantage when you go to garage sales and thrift stores and you pick those items up that other people don't want to deal with. Mm -hmm. So that's great. All right. Well, that's our Bolo. Episode 103. All right. Let's talk about Bolo's now. B -b 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 
All right. So what is your bolo? Um, so I talked about board games last week, and this time I'm going to talk about them again, but this time I'm going to be specific about two board games that I picked up today uh, that are they're good because I've seen one of them before. Uh, I've picked one of them up before. Another one I've never seen before, but I got two of them at one stop. So oh, wow. um, it's one of those things where sometimes you see old games and it's like they're just not worth anything and you got to do research. But I found two of them that are consistently selling pretty high. And so I wanted to... I uh, give those names that way people can be on the lookout for them. Let me pull up my search. By the way, what was that website again? Uh, to find out about board games. Boardgamegeek.com. Okay. Um, they have they call it their hotness list, and it's like the top 100 games. And those are going to be all of like the current new niche board games. So you're not going to get any like vintage stuff there. But I, if you look through like a handful of them, you'll get an idea because, or even that's going to give you the best of like the really, really niche stuff. And you'd be surprised like so many of those games, like if you look at like board game number one and board game number two, most of those aren't selling on Amazon. Like you can only get them on eBay or like random hole in the wall stores. Like they're not put out like crazy. So if you find one, it's worth picking up because they sell for a lot on eBay. Cause oftentimes it's the only way people are getting their hands on these types of games. So, um, but anyways, old games, this one, one of them was from, I think 1960. 1963 was called uh it was Whitman's or Whitman is the name of the company that made it and it was the stock market game and I picked up one of these I picked up one of these before um and they sell consistently for about $60 I paid $2 for it nice. uh so it's one of those things like it's just an old game and I think it's one of those if it's at a thrift store people are going to look over it and be like yeah it doesn't look like a game I want to play oh look uno right and they'll buy uno for themselves and if you're a reseller you're looking for the more fancy games but sometimes those really, really old games, even for pieces, like I'm just looking right now, here's one where it's just some replacement money from the game and it's not even all of the pieces and that sold for 15 bucks. So, you know, even if you're getting p- old games like this for parts, you're often going to do well on them. And the other game that I picked up today, I picked up two of these, uh, is the winning ticket game home lottery or the winning ticket. Let me, that's how I searched it. Let me see what it's actually called. It's called The Winning Ticket, The Great Home Lottery Game. That's 1977. So anytime you see games from the 60s or 70s, it's worth looking at because they, they they had some weird stuff back then. A lot of the games are overly complicated, really not that fun to play. Um, and But I think there's like that nostalgia there where people see them and they remember playing them with their grandparents or their parents and they buy them or they have a copy that they occasionally play for Christmas or whatever, and it's missing some pieces. And so um, now's the time I say to be on the lookout for board games. I've been doing really well on board games and puzzles. And the Bolo is those two specifically, but any vintage board game is worth looking up. I think that's great. I, again, what I want to say about this is that you and I, like when we started, I think you, you try to pick up a lot of, well, no, you didn't, you picked up a lot, you did, you picked up a lot of some of the same things I did, but you from day one, right? We always talk about the Doug decoys, mm. right? It's kind of like an ongoing thing with Purcell podcast. We get tagged on Instagram whenever people find Doug decoys, but yeah, hashtag Doug decoy. But Mike has learned certain niches that Doug I have been, life. <laughs> I haven't even touched and niches that he enjoys, right? So I'm a big Harley guy. I don't even drive a Harley, but I love Harley stuff. I love picking it up. I can tell you, you know, what's vintage, what's not. I'm not an expert by any means, but I've sold a ton that I, I think I have a pretty good knowledge base and, you know, Carhartt and stuff like that. But Mike really hasn't delved into any of those things. Now he'll pick them up because he knows there's money. I've got some Harley boots, but I don't really enjoy listing them, searching for them, haggling for them. Yeah. Where I'm the other. So I just want to encourage you that part of the bolo is, 
find a niche you really enjoy because I th- I think you'll be more willing to resell those items and you're definitely going to improve your profit margins. Because if I looked at the game that Mike just looked at and I've been to the same store, I would not have picked it up. I would have, I would have been like, why am I getting messed with that? It's a lot of work. I don't even know what that is. All right. So my bolo, I, you know, I always worry that I'm repeating a bolo. You ever have that, that fear? Yeah, we're going to find out when we do our Bolo compilation how many times we repeated Bolos. Okay, we're going to have people be like, what? You said that three times in a row. They're going to say it in that high voice? Yeah. Three times. Okay. All right. Anyways, let's move on. Three times right. in a row. That's really high. Okay. Wow. I think it's, it's getting late. It's late. Man. It's late. It's All right. So, late. so my Bolo is military hats. So let me explain what I mean. I don't mean like uniform hats. I mean like uh, snapback hats that have like a certain squad or a certain ship that people are on. And the reason I say is this, is that those are consistent sellers for me. And they're not big money. Sometimes I'll sell them for 40 to 50. Sometimes I'll sell them for 20 to 25. And they're they're usually overlooked. Like a lot of people don't think much of it. And they just, you know, they don't pick them up because they don't think, you know, they think that starter hats money, which is true, or they think this other hat. But when they look at these hats, they're generally not sold by a big company. Sometimes like Eagle Crest is the main one I see, but that, you know, who knows what Eagle Crest is, right? Unless maybe you're in the military, you know, but I'll give you an example. So two of the recent ones I sold. So I sold one. It was the Operation Desert Storm uh, hat. And all it said was Operation Desert Storm and it had the Eagle on there and it sold for $25. Probably picked it up for, I want to say 10 cents. Okay. I sold, uh, another one that was like the USS Ronald Reagan. I think I said that right. And that sold, you know, for about 30 bucks, right? I've sold plenty of those. So it's, it's usually like a squadron or it's some kind of, you know, some kind of ship or whatever it is that brings people together, whether it's air force, whether it's Navy and people want those for memories, right? Cause they're, they're a part of something. And so just something to take a look. And it's been pretty awesome because I've had people contact me and say, hey, I'm so glad you found this hat. I was looking for a hat just like this to, you know, complete my other hats. Or I was part of this. I fought in this war and I really want to wear that hat. Thank you so much. And so, you know, keep an eye for those hats. Don't dismiss them. Do your research, but be aware that sometimes there may not be any comps like this Desert Storm hat that I sold. There were absolutely no comps about it. It was just, you know, I just... No comps about it. I like that. That should be a shirt. No comps about it. <laughs> it should be a shirt. But there really there really wasn't. And so to me, it's... I always like those bolos that people overlook. Like it could be 11 o'clock in the morning at a garage sale and everybody went after the really easy ones. And this one they didn't go after. Now, I'm not going to say that this is going to be a quick sale. You may be sitting on it for a while. And here's the other thing I want to add to it. If it's worn... Generally, no one cares unless it's like destroyed. So, for instance, right now I have one that I'm pretty sure is going to sell pretty quick. It's a Wolfpack. It says Wolfpack Hat. It's a Navy helicopter anti-submarine squadron that people were a part of. And I'm pretty sure by the time we do another update episode, I'll share about how this sold. Just because I haven't seen it anywhere, it's unique, and maybe one of the listeners is going to pick it up right now. But, anyways, be on the lookout for those hats. And that's my bolo. I like it. 